not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, not even six, but seven sweeps. It's sweep week on your early Sweet 16. Tune in. Great pass from Diamantidis. The lob is done. We go 40 minutes to a title. David Blue for three. On the mark, David Blue. Now Spinelli's drives inside. Look for the alley. League Sweet 16, exactly what you need. As ever, we are up on SoundCloud and we are, of course, uh, on wherever you get good podcasts. So be sure to search for Your League Sweet 16 to subscribe and get the episodes as soon as they drop. Hello and welcome to Your League Sweet 16, the last one before Christmas proper, at least in terms of coming out and dates and all that and recording. I'm at Rhino Ball in Europe. And as ever, I'm joined in by the glorious uh, weathered men that are. Lewis Cameron in uh, Scotland and Moshe Barda in Israel. Moshe, big week in of basketball, really, wasn't it? It sure was. Um, you know, it, it's been it's been somewhat cold. You know what? I, I can't say cold because you guys are from you know Ireland and Scotland, so obviously you feel it a bit more. Uh, a bit more, shall we say? Well, we have a different definition of cold. You see, like yes, exactly. Sick. So it, it wasn't cold. It was wet. It is wet. Okay, it was oh, well, we, you know, we know rain. We know rain very well. Lewis, was it a wet week in Glasgow? It's not a wet week, and I'm glad you brought this up, the different definitions of cold, because someone in this group chat said it was so cold during round of 15 he couldn't feel his fingers, at which point I thought, he's taking the piss. So I googled the weather in Glasgow and the weather in Tel Aviv. And- I'm not going to say what I want to say, but... Motherfucker, it was like six degrees warmer. <laughs> so my tiny little violin, you said it was so cold you couldn't feel your fingers. That's summer here. No, no, yeah. no. I, I can't tell you. Yeah, Glasgow's good. Okay. So so other, so other, than, other than that, Glasgow's good. Okay, motherfucker. Yeah. So you said six degrees, right? First, I was not in Tel Aviv. That's number one. Number two, wait, I know. I know what you're going to say, obviously. But it's it's not like I didn't feel my fingers. It just, it, it, it got so, they got so slow that I couldn't like even text. And you were like bombarding me with, with text messages, trying to be Thunderlips again. So. Because Moshe's so, so prone to not texting a lot. Uh, so Moshe, it's like, you know, the, the, the listener is getting an insight into our group chat here. But Moshe, so roughly how cold was it in Israel? Like ballpark where you were, what was the, what was the temperature? About what? No, it wasn't cold, cold. It wasn't like freezing. It was like kind of chilly. I think like nine, maybe. Oh, uh, okay. Listen, that's t-shirt weather for me. So we are, Again. we are moving on. We are moving on. Like, uh, so it's like we obviously had a a, a rarity in early this weekend that there were seven two zero sweeps, and uh, that's going to be the dominant real storyline of this episode, I think, because of course, it created separation and. There's only one way to really create separation in a show, and that is to get to the most inaccurate named segment in all of sports and entertainment today, the four-minute warning. Four minutes to get through all the action that just happened in EuroLeague. It's the four-minute warning. So, seven sweeps, which really, really made a difference. Uh, the big movers, uh, FS going into the playoff space, space as a result. Fenner get, getting up there as well. Not quite in the playoffs, but moving up. Barcelona and Madrid, breathing room. Olympiacos, uh, not quite breathing room, but on their own in third. There's been a lot of movement. Uh, I suppose we'll start off with what I would consider to be the most boring storyline uh, because it's the most predictable, which is the two teams who are top, uh, Moshe. Uh, you know, Real and Barcelona both won. Bar- Barcelona, obviously, that extraordinary atmosphere in Belgrade before their game where they still came out with the win. And then, of course, their second matchup, which, again, got the job done over Panathinaikos on the road 
Again, not easy, but got it done. Two big road wins for them. Real, on the other on the other hand, of course, they you know went out. They got their big win at home against Alba first. That was pretty easy, I think I'd say to say. But then they eked one out in Milano. Which of the top two impressed you more, Moshe? Okay, first of all, I want to address Spider Rico here because he did not see like the uh, say Barcelona shorthanded kind of roster thing as a thing at Oaxaca. To me, it was more than that. So I was I was relatively impressed because no Nigel Hayes, no Higgins, no Calathis. And you're, you're talking, no, you're talking big names, like really big names. Okay, say that Nigel Hayes, maybe this season is not like as what we've seen from him in previous years. I'll accept that argument. But Barcelona also, you know, they're still without Abrinas. And obviously, these were not the only guys that were out of the roster. So to me, it was somewhat impressive. Uh, I think, but Emmett, really, some of the sweeps were really kind of boring, sh- shall we say? Dare I say that? Because Yeah, yeah, um, that's, a, that's very reasonable. But there were a few uh, troubling signs, I think, uh, for, uh, for teams such as Cheska that they are, they are looking more and more vulnerable, I think, from, from game to game, even though Lewis was spot on on Kenneth Fareed being out. Now, don't, don't you go celebrating, Lewis. Okay, don't you go celebrating Ivan Drago. It's, it was just it was just such a terrible fit on that roster. And obviously they had the unfortunate situation where Shingelia and Militino went down at the same time. They needed a big, a physical big. And the who if you're thinking seven years ago, I need a physical big, who will I get? Oh, Kenneth Fareed is available. Emmett, you're getting big tea. Uh yeah. well uh, listen, Kenneth Fareed, yeah, today isn't the player he was, but I will say, and I know it's you know, we don't talk about international basketball this much, but he was robbed of the World Cup MVP in 2014. Oh, no yeah. ifs, buts, maybes, because Kyrie had a great final, yeah, grand, but Kenneth Reed was the man that tournament. I saw every game the USA played in that, robbed of MVP. He is not the player he was in Spain in 2014, not the guy for that job. Although, we're mentioning Spider Rico, quick reference, I love that he actually reappeared in Rocky Balboa, like, you know, that throwback, uh, you know, when they came back for the sixth movie, hey, here's Spider, he's got a job at Rocky now, you know, so why not? Here's but, yeah. another reference, did you like, did you even like Rocky Balboa, though? Oh, I actually loved it, yeah, well, I'm a big Rocky fan, like, you know, it's like, even the bad movies I've learned to love, like, you know, because, like, Four is stupid, but fun. Uh, also has a montage followed by another montage in order to kill time. Not joking. Rewatch it and you'll see what I mean. There's literally like 10 seconds in between two montages. Uh, but also like Rocky Five, one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Still rewatch the ending loads of times on YouTube. For the make of things a bit easier, I'm going to mention who didn't either win both or lose both this week. They were Sheska, Milan, Monaco and Zvezda. Uh, and uh, so they are the easiest ones in order to just define what their weeks were. They were okay. Uh, Zvezda, I think, were a bit better than okay. Uh, like they gave Barca a proper fright and, you know, obviously got a win as well. But uh, Olympiacos, I think, has to be a bit of a story of the week, really, Lewis, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, obviously, Olympiacos have almost became the best of the rest. They're not quite at the same level of your Barca and Real. They are clearly 1A and 1B of EuroLeague at the moment, and that's that's two teams I would be very shocked not to see in the sun- Sunday showpiece in May. But Olympiacos, they're not they're not making difficult of their wins. Like there's not too many challenges there for them. No, and I think it's the way they won this week because like they now maybe granted like you know home court house, but battering Bayern is not necessarily something you expect a team to do. Like Bayern are going to have a couple of like you know heavy double digits of feet this year. We knew that, but like you know 
when they happen, this is an impressive one by Oli. And of course, then, like, you know, again, as Vela when they're expected to get, but again, they got it with pretty serious authority, Lewis. Like, yeah, I mean, what was it in the end? It was 1854. Yeah, it was an absolute. I mean, me and Moses talked about it off air. Elio Kobo, the, the fountain of magic he was drinking from at the start of the season, has very much dried up. Um, his numbers are pretty putrid at the moment. But Olympiacos are just they're just grinding out wins. And I think one of the probably underappreciated elements of this is one, Sasha Vazenkov, who is having quietly an MVP season, but he doesn't play for Barcelona Real, so he's not getting much attention. And Tyler Dorsey. Tyler Dorsey is balling out. He played for Barcelona, first of all. And he did. I think, yeah, he played. He did. But well, way, play, yeah. played is a strong word, Moshe. He was on okay. the roster of Barcelona and didn't really get used. <laughs> okay, two years ago, we coined the oh, Barca fucked up list. And he's on there. He's on that list, if you remember. So there's a lot, that's a very long list, in fairness, though. Like, you know, it's it like, is. And first of all, I wanted to say sound the damn alarms. Uh, and I really meant it for Sasha because I actually wrote in our WhatsApp group about it. I asked a question. And even Ari thought I was right. Like, Ari supported my argument. I really think that there is a very good chance that by season's end, we're going to see Sasha Vesnikov as the EuroLeague MVP. And again, wait, if he keeps up doing what he does, the dude is, a, like, he became a WMD. There, there is no denying him. There is no stopping him. I know that maybe he's not... Um, you can say that maybe is, you know, the way he moves, the way he shoots, it may not be as beautiful as Nikola Mirotic, which, you know, I mean, Lewis is managing his fan club, just like he is managing the John Brown fan club. Same thing. Uh, different players, of course. I, I just know that Maria and Kamena, the Bulgarian journalists, are going to be loving the show this week because there's so much Vesenkov love. Of course. Of course. I mean, why not? Listen, point being is the guy is having... An amazing season so far. I mean, yes, you know that I'm also a big fan of Tyler Dorsey. I think that these two guys, like, to me, I, I think that Olympiacos has became like the Yuri Boyka of underground fighting kind of thing. They are now the most complete fighter in the world. Uh, only just we're talking Europe. Because you, you, see the, you, you see the roster, you see the way that they play. I mean, there is like almost zero weaknesses and they are like 9-0 and at home. And like we are, I, I, we are starting out as a trend here. Or uh, admittedly, it's only two players. But when your your longtime beloved scoring guard retires, you have a bit more freedom in terms of how you build your roster because it's not thinking with them in mind. Barcelona with Navarro, Olympiacos with Spanulis. Just saying, yes, they did great things and they won you trophies. But like you know, as they get older, they get to pick their time to retire. But you kind of got to wait in order to rebuild as a result. But that, that actually happened also with Maccabi Tel Aviv and Devin Smith, if you remember. Because Devin, he was one of perhaps, come on, let's admit it. He was, his basketball IQ was through the roof. Like, he was of course, of course. great, great player. I mean, I know he's not flash. He wasn't that guy that's going to drop like, you know, 18.6 per night or whatever. But that dude's impact on the game, especially for Maccabi, was immense. But, you know, every now and then, you know which team I love the most? I know this one's going to hurt Lewis. It's going to hurt bad. The team that has been able throughout the years, you know, say it in the, and at least in the last decade or so, to make these, you know, to make those like fine tuning adjustments, there's only one team in Europe right now that is doing this almost to perfection, and that is Real Madrid. There is no other team that manages to cope with aging guys that, you know, and, and retire them peacefully, shall we say? And at the same time, remain competitive. But, you know, as for Olympiacos, I just wanted to say about Vesnikov, the thing is, 
he deserves the credit. And when credit is due, we give the love. We show the love. And that was my point. He deserves it. And, and, and Luis, you wanted to say something. Obviously, you're not really agreeing with me, I'm guessing, about the entire Madrid thing. But I really think they are second to none in terms of refreshing rosters and kind of thing. Joe, I, they, have, they, are at, they are at the top. They, they, they know Pablo Lasso is just quietly bringing in guys who aren't going to play Carlos Alosin. Perfect example. You're not going to play right away. But in year two, year three, you will be playing more. My only concern with Madrid, and it, it, it is a growing concern. Um, Sergio Yui? Yeah, he, he is my concern. Like, at least with like some of the older guys. So I'm going to use him as an example. Shock and surprise, Rudy Fernandez. Rudy will have horrific shooting nights. He's, they're going to happen, but he will contribute so much on the other end that it almost mitigates the fact that, okay, he's practically unplayable in offense, but we need him at the other end. Sergio Yu doesn't have that impact on defense, and he takes so many bad shots. There's a production factor as well there in terms of, like, when you look at sort of the hardest to replicate with a single player, like, I'm all money, but you got to replicate across a roster, obviously. Like, there isn't an obvious you replacement, you know what I mean? There isn't an obvious you slot. And I don't just mean because of his talent, but I mean in terms of you actually just look at the output. Like, there isn't someone who's, like, you know, just going to immediately do that output, but also, you know, with that, because there's varying degrees to how he does the output. Like, there's, you're going to have to, like, rebuild more than just, you know, that one position when you eventually have to phase him out. So that's a big question as well there. And I know we all love a stat, so I've just pulled up his averages for the season. Lou, you want to be fair, then pull out his averages since the, the ACL injury, I think. That's the, I mean, let's, let's be fair. I mean, that is perhaps the, the first sign and maybe the only sign that you is actually human after all. I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know because I, I hate to say this. There's immediately after his ACL, bad, but he, he shot well from three, obviously small sample size. But this season, he has fallen off a cliff. Not as bad as 19-20, but I mean, he's, he is averaging his lowest ever points in EuroLeague. Oh, no, sorry, his second lowest. His first season in Madrid, he was lower, um, although shot the ball better. Um, he, is, he is shooting right now 25, 29, and 50. Okay, so essentially what you're saying here is if you, Emmett, and I combined all our current averages in our current form, and I'm, I know I'm using very loosely the term form here. That's like pretty much where we are getting together. Like if we accumulate everything together. I'd fancy uh, myself to make more than 50% of my free throws. Jesus. I wouldn't fancy myself though, so I'll drag us down. Uh, so uh, that's, you know, that's, that's ugly. Like that's, I didn't actually realize it was quite that bad. Wow. That's yeah. really, really ugly. Like those are bad numbers. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we talk a lot about bad numbers, but they are, they are. They're bad. Putrid, yeah. Yeah. Question is, does he have any added value aside of the horrific shooting? I mean, the leadership, the just running the offense, the decision making. Because if I think it's part the offense, biggest part there, Moshe. If you're talking about the one part where it's the hardest to replicate, like leadership, it's an intangible, obviously. But I think there are leaders in the Madrid team. Uh, you know, I think the decision making again not easy to replicate. But I think there are people on the Madrid team who can fill in that role. I look at the that that running the offense part, and that's the hardest part to replicate of what you're saying there. Okay, here's the hardest question then. Say that Madrid goes all the way this year. Okay, there will be an aftermath in Bar with Barcelona, not with Olympiacos, definitely with Jessica, definitely with uh she, I don't know, maybe Milan, maybe Milan also. But here's the thing: should Real Madrid win it all this year, do you see Yui going for retirement? 
Like, is this the... I, I don't think a title is also going to decide his retirement because, like, there's the whole when he could have gone to Houston and didn't think. He seems to like the life he has. Okay, so, I'm sorry. I'm bringing... I'm bringing, I'm bringing let, 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 let me finish before Lou comes in. He seems to like the life he has, so... A title or no, I don't think it's a decision. I think he's going to decide what makes him most comfortable. Now, Lou, jump in. Wait, I, 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 I do see I, I do see big changes in Madrid if they win it all this season. I mean, there's a certain player, shock and surprise. I would not be surprised to see leave Real Madrid this summer for one last year. But Sergio Yo, I, I could see it as kind of a case of, is it, is it time? Because um, what you don't want with a guy like him, he wouldn't want to overstay. And he is getting dangerously close to that point where ah, we we should. The, I call it the Navarro bubble of yeah, you you should have retired like three seasons before you actually retired. You, you remember David Blue, right? I mean, that was perhaps first of all with him. It's funny because he's a very different case from from the ones we we just referred to. Because with him, the more the more years that pass by, the better he he gotten on both ends of the floor. Now, that dude is essentially sort of being a straight-up killer in terms of that was the last guy you wanted to give an open look at any point of the game, especially in crunch time. And after Maccabi won the, you know, the, their last EuroLeague championship, he decided he wanted to retire after arguably having the best season of his career. Now, perhaps it was the pain that was too much. Maybe he felt it was time. But this we know for sure. He had very lucrative offers after that year, and he decided to retire. He wanted to leave on a high note, knowing that, you know, essentially, I got everything. So, again, my question to you is, say that, you you know, you're you, you're Thompkins, you're even Randolph, win this championship. I mean, yeah, do you guys see, say, let's call them the big three, even though they have like a big four with, with Rudy, of course. Do you see Yui retiring after this? Do you see maybe Randolph? trying to seek for something different. Do you see Thompkins doing the same thing? Go. I think Randolph will go wherever the, he sees the best deal. Uh, he's a long way from retirement, I can comfortably say, for that one. Uh, Yui, like I said, I think it's not going to be down to a championship or no for him. It's going to be what he feels he's doing and how, how comfortable he is. Tompkins, again, I think he'll look at what a deal where he feels most comfortable in all respects. I, I'm inclined to agree. I, what I would say is I would be very, very shocked, and that would be a massive deviation from the model if all of them leave in one summer. And that's after last year, we kind of saw, you know, their armor trying to, well, not trying to, starting to crack because we all had this image in our heads that this was the club, right, to be with. Like, you got this, it was that feeling of a family because you saw the guys that were always together and all of a sudden you see Faku wanting to go to the NBA. And when have we ever seen a Madrid player that, you know, says, no, 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 I don't, you know, I don't want to stay in Madrid. I want to go and pursue that NBA dream. Where he well, had a- I was in mid-season. Yeah, the mid-season's a real surprise, to be honest there. Both, you know, him and Dak, the way they no, went. Dak was more mid-season, I think, that, than Faku. Faku, it wasn't that mid-season. I think it was like maybe the first third of the season. It was enough to be a problem. And we have never seen that. And this is why, really, we should take our hats off to Madrid. Because coming off of that and to them bounce back like you know the way they did and they look again like somewhat of a happy family this is to me you know it says everything i think about about them and i want to use this platform on behalf of the early sweet 16 family and say that you know we wish everyone who was infected and effect you know was affected by by covid we're wishing them speedy recovery uh coach lasso Tomah hertel and also nigel davis was nigel hayes 
Yeah, yeah, like we're reaching a stage with that as well. That's worth bearing in mind that like we haven't, I think we managed to avoid any cancellations this week. Actually, I'm certain we did. I think that is likely to change in the coming weeks. Obviously, we've already seen it with uh, sort of Phoebe, with, with the Europe Cup uh, lower down because obviously the London team had to had to cancel uh, well reschedule. Thankfully, we've seen it in other sports. Rugby has had massive cancellations, and we're seeing it in soccer as well. I, you know, even though obviously we're seeing it more sort of in the UK than in Euroleague territories. The way NBA, this is going, Big T NBA. I mean, look and, what's and going the NBA on. and the NBA. Yeah, it's like even though we're seeing it more sort of outside of Euroleague territories at the moment, that's going to change. So I think we we can expect some cancellations coming forward. Before we move on to our next team, a quick thing I just noticed from looking at the table when I was jumping around to get records. And that I is like, our, we should be expecting NBA contracts. So you know, guys, fellas, keep your phones open and, and be available because they are really going deep. Real deep, if so that, we might have our shot. So long as it has health insurance, U.S. healthcare, and all that. Uh, so uh, you know, uh, so one thing I noticed looking at the table, and I haven't noticed it in a, you know in a long time for this point of the season. Often it writes itself by year end, but not necessarily. The top nine teams in your league have positive points differentials. The bottom nine teams in your league have negative points differentials. One of the teams that now has a negative points differential, at least in fact, it is the highest ranked team and it has the lowest of those negative points differentials at minus 11, is seven and nine Maccabi Platika Tel Aviv. Moshe, not a good week. No, and I think that uh, last episode, you kind of refused to be on the we're worried train with me. Yeah. Well, I, I think I said, like, you know, if they, because it was at, like, you know, I think you're, when you, was it, I think I, I had a sort of a, a, a guarantee of if you hit a certain number, you're still short of that yet. But, no, they're uh, not, it, actually. They are now six games in a row that they've lost. Oh, then panic, panic away, panic away, Moshe. The floor I'm, is yours. Panic. I'm, I'm, panic. I'm not panicking. I'm not panicking because it's like, Look, just look at their schedule, right? And tell me objectively that this is not something that you would have expected. I think that only in, if you're looking in to a deeper resolution, and uh, when, when I'm saying deeper resolution, I obviously mean the way that they look on court on both ends of the floor. This is perhaps the thing that worries the most because in this unpredictable of a season that we're having so far, and by the way, allow me to quote Aris, you know, the workload alone is keeping us from enjoying perhaps the, the most unbelievable, unbelievably enjoying season that we have yet to have, I, I think, in the history of the competition. Unpredictability reigns. And that would have been, I think, the, 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 the episode's name, if we're not going with, obviously, uh, Sweep Week, which I think is more catchy. Uh, Indeed. Actually, yeah, I mean, it's even better. I mean, kudos to you. I mean, obviously, this is why Emmett is responsible for the creative side. And Lewis is killing us all with, uh, I mean, Lewis is perhaps one of the funniest dudes that, ah, come on, he's... We have a photo of him that we need to turn into a meme of his disgusted, shocked face. Like, you know, so we must, we must dig that out and memeify it. Uh, like, you know, it's, a, it's like, you know, but Lewis is having a good week. A Scottish guy had a nine darter in the darts on Friday night, so everything's going well for Lewis. Uh, but Moshe, diagnose Maccabi. First of all, uh, Legends say that they are finishing their regular, uh, the first round of the regular season at Zenit on the road, which is not, it's not nice. Let's be honest about it. Uh, and I am being extremely delicate and cautious by saying uh, not nice. Uh, the thing is, for me, um, you know, it's not that changes like in terms of if you want to bring in another guy to kind of add more firepower, which is clearly kind of lacking. 
I mean, they've been averaging, let's just say that uh, they scored, what, 78 points, I think, uh, against uh, uh, versus Anadolu. That's right, they did, yeah. And that was like after, you know, in the final kind of seconds, they managed to, to score five to score five more. I think essentially side of the, the, the Alba Berlin loss, they have been averaging around the 70 plus points kind of thing per game, which is when you think about it, when you look at the firepower that they have, they should be scoring a hell of a lot more. But their biggest issue, I think, their biggest issue, I know Lewis is kind of, you know, making faces that, ah, no, come on, you're wrong. But trust me, I am right on this. Believe me, if you look at their three points, and I'm, I'm and their perimeter play, and I'm not saying just on the offensive end. I'm saying on the defensive end as well, because I think that this year, and I, I, I know Emmett might actually remember this one when I coined a thing in the final four in Istanbul that from now on, Ekpiudo should be should be uh, named as like perimeter lockdown kind of guy. This is should be his kind of nickname because he kind of killed. Uh, you know, essentially, Fenner won a title, but for me, he was the guy locking down the perimeter. That was a work of art. Maccabi, needless to say, also a work of art in terms of they cannot defend the perimeter for now. Uh, so for this now. for now, I mean, we, we've seen displays. I mean, look, I, I have full trust in Coach Giannis because, come on, we've seen him. We've seen him leading teams into Final Fours. We've seen him, his teams play great defense. But right now, the thing I think that Maccabi's lacking the most is confidence. That's number one. Number two is just like, you know, to take off that pressure with just one win. The question is, when is that win due? Because playing Ed Zenit on the road, that's not that's not an easy task. That's not an easy task at all. Let's get Lewis in. You know what? I agree somewhat with what my co-host says. Um, only one thing I want to say. I, I can't believe I forgot to tell you this off here. Um, Moses, you left your sunglasses at my house um, and I didn't realize they were quite so yellow tinted, if I'm totally honest. Um, <laughs> Wait, no, no, you, you keep them on for a sec. So yeah, so I want to talk about Maccabi. Um, now, as you can see, I'm completely unbiased. No, you're completely blind. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I can't see a thing. Maccabi do have a problem. Um, my issue, I had a quick look, so I was curious. Now, obviously, everyone knows Scotty is the guy in Maccabi. Scotty is, Scotty's the guy. Now, I know we can debate how good Scotty is, but we, we won't do that. Who do you think on Maccabi has the second most shots, if you had to guess? I haven't got a clue. Wouldn't even be able to guess. Like, you know, it's like, yeah, it's... Most that, 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 was a, that was a problem for me. Like, who are your two and three options in Maccabi? Moses trying to, like, scribble down his options here. Uh... So say, like, David Blue and Joe Inglis, probably. Um you know, th th this is perhaps the funniest story. You remind me to tell you after we finish. He's, bringing, he's bringing Sofa out of retirement, you know. Uh, at, at this point, it's not a disaster. Um, I'll, I'll tell you, so James Nunnally, yeah. Hey, he was pulling up a picture of Nunnally on the phone. That... So, yeah, so James Nunnally is your number two option. Like, James Nunnally is a good basketball player. He is not the number two option on a team that has playoff or more aspirations. You want him more or less? No, like... I would like him to be shooting a little bit less, but if he's open, shoot it. Yeah, but it's more he's, that he shouldn't be the number two option for our team. It's not the team. number two option. And Derek, Derek Williams is not the number three option. There is no planet that Derek, Derek Williams is your third best option. Well, here's the thing. I mean, when you're talking these two guys, for me, um, it's like, first of all, most of the shots that Maccabi are, are missing 
And this is something that's kind of strange. They're open looks. I've been in those games. So if it, if it were like, you know, contested shots, I can say, you know, these were bad looks that, that you know, kind of end of shot clock that, you know, they had to take. I'd say, you know what, you know, Maccabi are not really managing to fall, but they, they have the open guys. Shots are not falling in, essentially. I mean, I'm not saying that's the problem, obviously, because let's let's face it. It's it just that, uh, uh, first of all, you know, oh, man, Sofa was so dominant, wasn't he? Uh, <laughs> but but you are, you're, you're almost like, like I, I think Scotty is good, and I know a few weeks ago we had a conversation of Mike James, Shane Larkin. They're, they're, they're your 1A, 1B. Okay. And we and we didn't put Scotty in that tier. Look, Shane Larkin, the amount... Oh. Here's he, had, he had a very good game. No, against it, was, it was more than that. Like, first of all, he was uh, on human beast mode, whatever that is. I don't know. It's like he was in a world of his own. But when you shoot six out of seven from, from deep, and trust me, these looks, like if you, me, and Emmett would have played pickup basketball, you know, outdoors, our looks could not have been more open, if you know what I mean. It's like Maccabi's defense reacts the wrong way, then there's an open look so open that it was it, it was a crime if he would have missed those shots. I just didn't imagine he would miss just one. <laughs> um, to give a clue to my two co-hosts as to where we're going with our next games, uh, our next teams, uh, what team has conceded the fewest points in EuroLeague this season through 16 games? Without looking at the table, please, gentlemen. Moshe, your guess. Let's start off with Louis because I would have won with Zvezda, and I know it's not Zvezda. Okay, it is not Zvezda, no. Uh, Louis, who do you think it is? Is it Unix? It is Unix. So we go to Russia, and Unix Kazan and Zenit, both with uh, two O's. Uh, Sheska obviously splitting their week, but uh, we're not going to talk too much about Sheska in this one because we also have Sheska, well, what are they going to be? But Unix are now currently have a home playoff situation if the season ended today. Uh, obviously, 16 games in and through four teams on 10-6. We are not taking that as red as being what's going to happen. Uh, Unix, of course, after my little concern, they were a game behind where they needed to be this time of the year. They're now back on track. They're at 10-6. Unix at 10-6 as well. Uh, most of your thoughts on the two uh, other Russian clubs as are often uh, Uno seen as, so to speak. Just looking at them schedule. What 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 Unix's schedule has in store for them? And it's just pounded Sheska. Yes, yeah. and still every run usually. Um, I'm not saying is you know has to come to an end. We're, we're not in the matrix. I hope, and none of us has taken not the blue pill nor the red pill. I'm guessing. I can't make a joke here because it's far too early in the day. It, it has to be like 7 p.m. somewhere in the world, so go for it. Yeah, yeah. anyway, anyway. so your thoughts. So you, see Unix, you think runs are coming to an end, so how are things at Unix and Zenit for you, Moshe? I'm very happy, I think, with their, uh, especially with Unix's current form, but I think that it's not that I'm expecting the run to abruptly come to an end. Okay, I'm just expecting some difficulties. I think that the roster is great. I think that, the, uh, of course, with... Uh, Coach Barasovic also great, but here's the thing: adversity has yet to uh, to hit them, not even once. I, I think okay, maybe, but it wasn't like a complete kind of thing. Right now, if they survive, and I know this is a very uh, very very harsh word to say, survive. Uh, what they have in uh, in store in terms of the uh, the schedule, then obviously we're talking home court advantage team for the very least. 
But I mean, if not, you know, it's like, uh, let's make another blood sport reference. Let's separate the men from the boys, even though, you know, you have to be careful that Chang Li doesn't separate your head from the rest of your body. And by that, I mean, I know this might have been too, uh, was it too much, Emmett? Well, let's just say at the, the point of saying Matei. Uh, so, uh, Lewis, Zenish and Unix both doubling out this week. I think Unix probably slightly more impressive given the nature of their win in Moscow, but uh, strong stuff from both Russian clubs. I mean, Unix delivered a beatdown on Seska, but it was it was more the, the manner of how, how they'd done it. I mean, they held Seska to single-digit three-pointers, and it was a putrid, putrid percentage. I think it was so, somewhere near 30 Oh no, sorry, I was wrong. Twenty-eight percent. It just—it was just painful to watch. Will Clyburn, one of five, very uncharacteristic. But I think Zenit might have had the more important week because that win at Asphalt. One, Asphalt is just a very difficult place to go most of the season. This it's a it's a it's a home court that is a home court, but because Zenit won at Asphalt, they didn't go zero and four. They stopped the four-game slide. And uh, yeah, yeah, and of course they got that as they did that. It's a good point. And both uh, wins on the road in France. Well, sorry, Monaco is not technically France, but you know what I mean with the French clubs. And uh, yeah, yeah, so very impressive from Zenit. Like Unix to me, I see Moses' point, but until they f- have their wobble, I'm not going to worry about them. Is how I'm uh, putting it with. So impressive stuff there. We've got to get to Ephes, but before we get to Ephes, I actually want to go to Munich because probably the most uh, harmful O2 this week outside of Maccabees, although Maccabees, Moshe was kind of warning us off, was Byron's because they dropped a seven and nine. They're outside, they're below 500 now uh, for the first time in quite a while. And uh, yeah, it's, you know, already a stage of like Byron's the type of thing that needs to be able to fend space up below it, so to speak. Uh, now it's going to have to do some catching up. And Lewis, I don't really think this Bayern team is designed to chase a playoff spot from behind. No, that, I'm, that, this was this was a very harmful week for them. I actually quite liked Bayern this season because I think our, our expectations were lower. Of course. Because, because of the turnover. But, okay, open round game at Olympiacos, yeah, we're not, we're not expecting miracles. A 20-point beatdown, not ideal. But they threw they threw the game away last night in Belgrade. So they scored. They scored in their opening possession of the fourth quarter. They did not score a field goal again till there was under a minute left on the clock. That's just ugly. Like you know, I think yeah, I think you were saying you could count like on one hand the number of times they put the the ball in the bucket in the fourth. Like and three of those are free throws. Yeah, it was it was painful. And by the point they actually made another field goal. The game was the game was done, and it's not because Zvezda were so incredible defensively they locked them down. Bad basketball. Um, they're lacking the guy that they need. And I've said it all season. Darren Hilliard, very good basketball player. He's he's not the guy. They need a guy to take over. Moshe, you are dying to say something here. I was dying to say something about Cheska. <laughs> but, uh, honestly, I, no. Just one sense on Cheska is they are not a shooting team that we've gotten used to see over the years. So maybe just maybe think about a change in conception in terms of the way they're playing, their playing style. They don't have the shooters in the backcourt like they used to. Oh, come on, think okay. of it. Milo, yeah, but they, they don't, they don't. But what I'm saying is that's a problem when you haven't got like you know a top five, top six uh, defense, which they currently don't. Ah, come on, it's like they're they are you know it's it's like they went from 
being a combination of, of a team, simply a combination of, you know, that roster had so much versatility. Firepower. No, it, it, had, it had versatility. Like they could play at half court sets. They could have played like, you know, simply a run and gun if they wanted to. They could, uh, you know, kill you on defense with the bruisers. They could, they, they could have killed you with their athleticism. Right now they are, they're not as versatile as they used to be in my books. I mean, they are more of a bruising team than anything else. And it's not enough. It just, it's not enough. Uh, we, we do have to acknowledge, though, that they're going uh, through some uh, transformations, I, I would say. But as for Byron, that we kind of bit slapped him. That was like the most insulting, painful bit slap that they, they, they could have ever encountered. Now, listen, a lot of teams came to, to Seth and they were not treated in peace, nor would they... They, they got treated as friends there. Um, however, Olympiacos is doing some serious ass whooping in their home court. So to me, that wasn't that much of it. That game did not imply as to what Bayern could achieve or who they really are. Yeah. So that when you go and you play in Serbia and from that amazing crowd, you got to bring it from the, you know, five minutes before the game and be ready to, to, to give it five minutes after the game ends. Like, because this is pretty much how you somehow survive. Very few teams came to either the Stark arena or the Alexander Nikolic arena and actually, you know, had, had an easy life kind of thing because you go there, you struggle and you gotta, you know, you gotta bring it when you go there. So, yeah, that that is Vesda to me. I know I'm I'm kind of high on them, not in terms of the playoffs talk, but just in general. Well, we're gonna finish with happy things, which is the Turkish clubs who both went too well this week. Efe, and I, I, it's actually a debate as to who is the more impressive week. I'm gonna ask most of his thoughts on this first. Efe's obviously they beat Basconia and they beat a club that happens to not be too far from where Moshe lives. Fenner also beat that club, but they also did some very, very bad things in their win over Basconia too. Um, Moshe, I'm inclined to go that Fenner were slightly more impressive this week purely because of how they utterly starved Basconia offensively. Would I be fair in that assessment? You know, that is an amazing question because I'm, I'm trying to figure out which one was more, more impressive to me. Of, of these two teams because they're both clearly on their eyes. I honestly don't know. I, I would say that truthfully, I would say Fenner's week was probably more impressive. That Maccabi game was important, but we all know Basconia are due at some point a Basconia type of win. And I picked it for a Basconia type of win. Yeah. They just screamed it to me. Like, yeah. Um, I think we, we all missed on the first round with Basconia. Uh, we all missed on it because we we were kind of deceived in a way. I mean, uh, look, Fenner were not in a good shape. I mean, yeah, they, they won they won a game, they won in Zenit, and that arguably should have convinced us to, to pick them over Basconia. Uh, but Fenner and Anadolu, we both we, we all agree, right? The three of us that they are in good form right now. They're they are in better form. Yeah, like so, I, I still expect FS to have far more staying power than Fenner, but. That was a very good week for both. Of them. It's, I think it's like Fenner, were, they are firing kind of on all on all cylinders, and we are it. We're getting the feeling like we have yet to see Anadolu playing in full capacity mode, if you know what I mean. Because either Misic is not really because he has his ups and downs this year, even though still 
loving the guy. Babua had some good games, had some rough games. Same with Larkin. It's like every one of that, like every player on that roster is going through the motions. So I can say that from that perspective, maybe even Anadolu is more surprising in a good way because what's going to happen when they're all going to be firing on all cylinders? Are they going to leave the same path of destruction they've left last year? It's it's hard to say. Like I think FS definitely they'll have more long term upside than Federer, and I don't think that's really been a debate for a while. So on that, uh, uh, I'm going to give the time. That's just a closing notes because there's a couple of things we didn't go into de- detail on. Is there anything on any of the teams we haven't spoken about? Only one of them, Moshe. Just to be clear, that you want to talk about this week before we get onto our games of the week. Okay, I first want to give the honors to to Lewis because he was so politely wearing the yellow sunglasses, which we're definitely going to use against him time <laughs> and again. I, I've got I, I've got nothing about any of the other teams to, to be honest. I don't know. I, I love Marcus Eriksson, but that's they didn't really have much to talk about. And this has probably slipped all of our attentions. But did anyone realize Elijah Bryant was in the mother of all shooting slumps before no. he got he, he yeah. got a generous freebie against Maccabi? Actually, yeah, so, um, I and, have. He had not made a three pointer since Kaunas in okay. round seven. Okay, that I missed. That I missed. I knew he was in a, on a slump. I, I definitely missed that, though. I mean, he's, he's the mother of all slumps. He is shooting, because we, we were all quite excited about Elijah Bryant. He's shooting 19% from deep on the season. Yikes. Okay, but I'll leave it at that. Uh, Moshe, anything you want to jump in on before we get to our games of the week? Not one. Not two. Not, not three. <laughs> not four. You only, you only get to jump in on one, Moshe. <laughs> not five. Not six. Not seven. I cannot believe that Lewis is now tied at the top. It is no longer lonely at the top of our uh, never wrong predictions. This is like, uh, and I'm, I, I look, I'm not even calling him Lewis anymore in our WhatsApp group. I mean, I, I need to come up with more, I think, like uh, references from 80s, from the 80s, you know, from movies and whatnot. Before we live, basically, yeah. Before we yeah, go if, it, if it wasn't for Bayern, I would have had a perfect round of 16. Oh No, you haven't. You, you yeah, Bayern, was, Bayern was the only game I dropped. Excuse me, but you needed to have a perfect week of 18, not 16. No, round, round 16. 16. Yeah. Round, oh, round 16. 16, yes. Well, to do that, you need to be firstly named Aris and last named <laughs> Ryan because they are the only two to actually have had a perfect week in the past. I've had a perfect week. Wow, I didn't know that. Okay. I think so. Young grasshopper, <laughs> remember, know your place because okay, I, well, I'm well, not okay, okay. On that, on that bombshell, before we get into warfare, I'm going to bring us on to our games of the week. Wait, so, so before, you know that I, you know that I had nothing to complain about, you know, finally on the show. Yeah. So, 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 of course, uh, word of scheduling for everybody watching, because of course it is the holiday season, slight change in the schedule this week. Instead of it being a Thursday, Friday split, it's a Wednesday, Thursday split. So we've got four games on Wednesday, five games on Thursday. On Wednesday, FS hosts Vezda, Zalgiris hosts Milan, Alba hosts Monaco, Barcelona hosts Unix. On Thursday, it is Zenit against Maccabi, Aswell host Fenerbahce, Panathinaikos Olympiakos, Bayern play Basconia, and Real Madrid play Sheska. For Wednesday, I'm going to pick uh, FS versus Vesta, actually, because even though there's a whole, ooh, how far can Unix go thing, I think we need to see if Everson can keep this run going, and obviously Zvezda 
uh, like they'll have a bit of confidence in themselves after playing well last week. On Thursday, it's an interesting one, but uh, despite, and this is a weird part, I am not picking a Greek derby, even though it's usually an easy one, because even if Panathinaikos win, I just don't feel I'm going to be that emotionally attached to it as a game. I'm picking Zenit versus Maccabi. Uh, so but early games for me on both Wednesday and Thursday. My picks are Efes, Milano, Alba, Barcelona, Zenit, Asvel, Olympiacos. I'm going to get grief over that one if I get it wrong, and rightly so. Uh, Bayern and Real. We'll go to Moshe first. Moshe, your, your two games to watch and your nine picks. So I, I really have a question, though. Are we all going to ignore the fact that now Milan are not only without uh, Dino Smitoglu, they're also without Siobhan Shields long-term? Uh, well, in our picks, we might. Who knows? Maybe your picks will reflect that they're without him. I mean, do you see like Milan maybe now struggling even more because he was like kind of the connecting link between everyone? Yeah, yeah it could be an issue. It could definitely be an issue. I definitely see like Lewis getting a contract. Just don't forget us, you know, ask for a clause, asking for Emmett as a drinking buddy and me as, uh, uh, you know, chief morale kind of thing, right? Chief morale you... officer, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and Ari's as the voice of reason. So your two games to watch in your nine picks, please. <laughs> I, I was legit trying to find it because I, I my, my browser, my, my browser kind of collapsed. So just give me a second. That's ended. Like, you know, Lewis, he keeps complaining. Oh, Moshe, you're saying that I'm doing skinny dipping with alligators. Come on, men up. Oh, you're doing a D-mock. Would you like my that? games of the week? Oh, well, I've already done the tea in for Moshe, so I think it's more right. fun to wait for him, you know. <laughs> what? Put, put, what? Get, put the tension on him. So here we go. What were your games? I'm just kidding. Okay, so, uh, wow, it's going to be a tough week, isn't it? Only for Maccabi. Please. Sorry, sorry, stay on task. Stay on task. <laughs> Still trying to figure out what the hell I'm going to pick on Wednesday. The hell with Absolutely. it. It's Barcelona, Unix. There's no way around it. Has to be. Has to be. Okay. Uh, on Thursday? Okay, I'm I'm going with Madrid, Cheska. Nah. I mean, look, Aris would definitely would have picked a Greek derby, and I know that I should be picking Zenit Maccabi because this could be either the end or a beginning of maybe coming back. But Madrid, Cheska, it just has, you know, so much into it. So these will be my games. As for my picks, which Emmett is probably dying to hear, I'm picking Anadolu Efes. I'm picking Milan because they got to get the win. Uh, I'll take Alba because they are doing Alba win. Uh, I think Unix can surprise on the road. And that is because Barcelona, if they're, you know, just they're half roster kind of thing. Uh, I'll go with Zenit. I'll go with Bayern, Olympiacos, and Madrid. And oh yeah, there's Asvel versus uh, Fenner. Yeah, uh, wow, Fenner. Okay, and Lewis, your two games to watch, please, and your nine picks. I'm going the same. I'm going the same direction as Moses. I'm going with Barca Unix, although that game could be coveted. Um, which could be a problem, but then, yeah, Real, Seska, Seska, probably their first big test in a while. I think that could be spicy. All righty, and uh, your nine picks? Okay, I was, hoping, I was hoping that wouldn't happen this week. Efes, Milano, Alba, Barcelona, Zenit, 
Basconia, Olympiacos, Real Madrid, Asvel. And on that bombshell, it's time to wrap up. We wish you, of course, happy holidays, a grievous festivus, Merry Christmas. Hanukkah's over, right, Moshe? Uh, and whatever else it is you celebrate. And uh, as ever, you can find me at Ball in Europe is the website, the Facebook, the Twitter, and the YouTube Ball in Europe comes the Instagram. Lewis, where can they find your wonderful musings and matterings? You can find me, as always, at Half Glenny on all social media platforms. And Moshe, take us home. Okay, so uh, um, I, I cannot, like, you know, I, I cannot be uh, Mason Dixon here, or Lewis. Uh, maybe Emmett will beat him this week. I don't know. Uh, but I will take us home because obviously we all have some places to go and, you know, people to meet, I think. So without further ado, you can always find me at MosesB1 and at I'm Team Scout on Twitter at MosesB1 on my Instagram account. There is also the Team Scout page, Facebook page, and the website itself that for the life of me, I do not know why I have yet to update it, I think, for quite some time, but we'll get to that. Uh, yeah, there is the, there is that thing, isn't it? I mean, there's that, that show Twitter kind of thing. Oh yeah. It has an account. Lewis, what is it? Emma, what is the show's Twitter account? EL316 show. Okay. So I think that, it, that pretty much covers it all. You can find us on, uh, uh, you know, Spotify, Anchor, Apple podcasts, and also on SoundCloud. Just, you know, pick one, go with it, share, spread a love, what have you. And yeah. Till next time. Great pass from Diomantidis. The lob is done! Here we go, 40 minutes to a title. David Blue for three. On the mark, David Blue! Now Spinelli's drives inside. Looks for the outfield! Corey Higgins just exploding! EuroLeague Sweet 16. Exactly what you need.